party time mom welcome to another episode hump day episode wednesday of the chad prather show we're in the mothership which is studio 22 we're flying into the nether regions of uh texas politics for a few minutes uh and yes it matters to you i don't care where you're living in the country because what happens here in the state of texas is going to affect you you don't understand i keep telling you guys over and over again and nobody wants to truly believe me but texas is the last bastion of freedom here in the united states we are the ones holding the standard we're the ones with the economy the size the power uh the people the resolve the will all of those things that are necessary to put america back on track problem is washington dc doesn't want to be put back on the track that it well, that made America successful and made it the great nation that it is. So we're going to talk a little bit about Texas politics. I'm going to get into that uh, here in a minute. I want to remind everybody to go to watchchad.com. It's where all the fun stuff is. Come see us next week. We're going to be in Lubbock, Texas on the 4th at Lone Star Shooting Sports. We're going to have a campaign event there that Thursday night for a couple of hours. Always good to have a gubernatorial candidate come hang around a bunch of people with guns. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, But I trust you. I trust you. And then on the 5th, we're going to be at the new Buddy Holly Theater having some laughs and a little bit of music. Jesse Payton's going to be there. So bring your... um, just don't get offended. You you just just leave all that stuff outside, okay? Uh, come have fun. Ragamuffins will be there. It's going to be a good time. You can go to watchchad.com, get all that information. Hey, another website I want to point you to, and we're going to jump right into it, is the fivestarplan.com. My good friend Robert West joins me. You're in the hot seat. He is the author of the Five Star Plan. I recommend this book everywhere I go. I've given away dozens of copies and uh, it's very worthwhile. It is replacing politicians with patriots, putting Texas voters back in charge. Robert, I love this book. I've devoured this book. I've quoted this book. I've used it as an example. Thank you for writing it, first of all. It's a great tool. Why does it matter that Texas put people back in charge? Well, Texas sets the, uh, it sets the stage. Uh, If you go back every election for the last 50, 60 years, if Texas would have went the other direction, the election would have went that Mm -hmm. way. Uh, We don't normally win by landslides one way or the other. And Texas has slowly been creeping further and further left. Uh, We saw this happen in California. Uh, The conservatives want to get a little closer to the middle, grab a few more undecided votes. And they keep moving that way until they stand right next to the Democrats at which time conservatives that make the call and, and give the money and door knock and show up and vote go, what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. And California turns blue. Washington State had happened. California had happened. And you see it happen in here. And in the last 20 years, Democrats have picked our Speaker of the House every single time. Democrats in Texas hmm? have picked the Speaker of the House yes. every time. How does that happen? Well, they show up with 60 votes all in one little nice package or 65 votes. And they go up to somebody and say, hey, how'd you like to be the second most powerful man in Texas politics? All you have to do is get 18 or 20 Mm. of your buddies to sell their souls, maybe for a chairmanship. And then you're Speaker of the House. And so far, every time somebody's gone for it. And I don't think that people really truly understand that, first of all, pretty much pretty much everybody that's an incumbent in Austin, Texas needs to go. There's a few that are down there. There's a couple. There's a count on one hand. Yeah, you count on one hand. That's exactly (laughs) right. Um, And every now and then I'll go out and I'll make that comment in a live event. And people say, who? And I name them off really quick. (laughs) 
but the rest of them need to go. And redistricting is, is taking care of that for a lot of folks with things that are coming up. You got some folks that aren't going to run again. You got some guys that are kind of getting squeezed out. This is a crooked game. Oh, yeah. It's a crooked game. People think of Texas as being some big conservative stronghold, but it's not. It's no. not. What are we going to do? And we're going to talk about that. What are we going to do to get Texas uh, motivated and moving back in the right direction to get this thing going? Because, again, I still believe that uh, it's dangerous, the, the misconception and the wrong perception that we have about Texas. Because people say all the time that, oh, well, you know, Greg Abbott, he's such a great conservative and he's doing all these wonderful things for Texas. Why in the world would you, you know, run against him? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, people really need to see what's going on. It's bad, isn't it? It's it's very bad. I was born here in Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm about third generation. And um, as somebody that's lived here my whole life and whose family's been in the military for 100 and something years, you know, every generation's been in the military. We fight for our Constitution. We fight for our rights. And Greb Abbott violated those at least 14, 15 times that I've been able to count. And I'll tell everybody, I said, you can you can support Greg Abbott. That's your right. Mm -hmm. Or you can support a limited constitutional Republican form of government. But there's no way to support both. Yeah. Because we didn't have a Republican form of government for for nine months. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird how. uh Weird how government, once it starts growing, it turns into that swamp monster and, and the blob, really, and everything that it touches, it consumes, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Texas is not immune to that. So we're going to take a break. We're going to talk some more about this, get into some details down in the weeds, and, and uh, it's going to shock you. Hey, down in Argentina, they've got those vineyards I've been telling you about. They are up around 9,000 feet in the sky. It's almost unheard of for winemaking, but they do it. They make a really good Malbec grape, uh, and it creates about a 90-point wine there. And these wines are almost impossible to get in the U.S. In fact, they are unless you do it through cowboywines.com. Up in the Andes Mountain, they got the same families for over 200 years they've been making this wine. And uh, from what I hear from our friends at Bonner Wines, it's a wonder how they even get these bottles down from the mountains. And, and heck, one of the founders almost died just trying to find these remote vineyards. Needless to say, these wines are very special. Uh, notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather, smoke. They pair great with steak. I always love it. Let me tell you something. It's uh, this is a if you want a really truly solid red Malbec wine, this is a strong grape right here. And I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you 50 percent off today. You don't even need a promo code. Just head over to CowboyWines.com. They'll give you not only 50 percent off, but they'll give you a huge discount on the shipping. That's right, huge discounts. Get 50 percent off. Go to CowboyWines.com. Check them out, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Robert, how dare you say that <laughs> Governor Abbott of Texas has violated? I mean, he's a conservative. How dare you say he's violated our constitutional rights 14 times? I counted, I've counted at least 14. In fact, I sent an email. I was in Colorado. I was working on an article of something. I wanted to list off um, every way that I could find. It was easy to get above a dozen. Oh, yeah. Just in the last 18 months. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll talk to people and, and go, look, you're supposed to keep the courts open. Mm-hmm. And in Dallas, the appellate courts in Dallas alone handled 1,700 cases the year before COVID. During the lockdowns, they handled nine. Hmm. That's shut down by anybody's standards. Well, you included in, in one of the chapters here, you, you talk about the, um, 
you talk about one of the uh, things, and I make I like to make light of it, but it's it's true, and that's I couldn't go to the gym last year. I didn't <laughs> want to go to the gym, but I couldn't go to the gym because uh, bills of attainder, ex post facto, or retroactive laws impairing obligations of contracts. Right, uh, that's section sixteen uh, in the Constitution. No bill of attainder. Uh, ex, you, you know, you you can't be you can't make those. You can't impair obligations of contracts. Well, when you join a gym, you have to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. You pay an annual membership. A lot of people, I do that. That way, you know, I still don't go. <laughs> uh, but it it impairs the obligation of those contracts. That is a violation of your constitution. Absolutely, and even one of those would have been enough for an impeachment. Right. And when I called the state reps, they said, "Hey, our hands are tied. Only the governor can call a, a special session." Well, that was a straight-up lie, because under Texas government code 665.04, I'll get real specific here, uh, they can just vote for their own, or the Speaker of the House can call one to consider an impeachment. And that threat would have been enough to have him back down. Yeah. But when you bring that up to all these different state reps that I called, I got the same answer almost every time, variations of, oh, you know about that? Nobody knows about that. Right. Well, I know about it. And they'll go, well, let me tell you why we didn't do it. And I said, nope, conversation's over. I'm on to the next number because you just admitted you're a liar. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer interested in influencing you. I'm interested in replacing you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been going around Texas trying to do, find regular people to stand up and uh, get the GOP to finally grow a pair yeah. and pass censure against these people. And it worked with Chris Patty. Three of his counties passed censure against him. And he'd already announced he was running. Now he announced, well, I'm not going to run anymore. So it, it, you you actually called me because I I sent in I went to your website I sent in an endorsement of the book and you called me up or you sent me a message and you said have you have you read the book <laughs> and I said I have I said I, I Shelley Luther had loaned me a copy of mm-hmm. hers and of course there's an endorsement from our friend Shelley on the back uh, and so she'd given me she's like you got to read this book so I just I just kind of scanned through it was looking I was like man this lights my fire so I don't no I think I went on like Walmart.com mm-hmm. and ordered the book. And then you and I spent some time on the phone and uh, it's the big endorsements by Texas Senator Bob Hall, which I'm going to tell you something. If Bob Hall says it to me, it's gospel. Uh, I love Bob. And, and, you know, so that's a huge endorsement on that. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're discovering that these guys, they are liars, right? These, these folks who come out and I had someone come to me at an event the other night and, and she said, but I like Abbott. And I said, that's fine. You can like him. Yeah. She goes, but he's doing a great job. I said, what's he done? She said, he took the masks off of us. I said, he put the masks on you. <laughs> you can't start the fire and get credit for putting it out. Right. I uh, tried as a kid. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you talk about it in this thing. You, and I get the question all the time. What can we do? They feel like their <laughs> elections are fraudulent. They feel like they have lost all control. What can the average person in Texas or wherever they may live, because the principles tend to apply no matter where you may be, how do people get back in charge? Well, I got the same question, but I've gotten calls from Alaska, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana. And I'd get these calls and I'd say, well, I kind of wrote the book for, for Texas. Right. And the lady over in Louisiana goes, good enough for Texas, good enough for Louisiana. Yeah. So they're using it. And how you can, how you can get involved as just a citizen, one of the things is precinct chair. Every voting precinct in America should have a precinct chair. And so many people don't know what a precinct chair is. don't know what is. that is. And what they are is they're, they're, they're kind of the, the first row in elected officials. They're the closest to the voter. And unlike, uh, let's say, a state senator in Texas has over a million constituents. 
well, what's, how are you going to win that? How are you going to win a million votes if you're a regular working guy, right? Mm -hmm. But every time that they have another census, that number goes up. Same thing for Congress, same thing for senators. You need more and more votes every time. So your vote becomes worth less and less. But with precinct chairs, you're just dealing with one voting precinct. And every time that they redo the census, they just create more precincts. Yeah. So one person can walk around their voting precinct, knock on doors, and get seven, eight, ten votes and win an election and influence their party. Whether they're Democrats or Republicans, they can influence their party. Mm -hmm. And what we've been doing is filling these empty seats because across Texas, about a third of these things are empty. I think there are hundreds are in Harris County, which is Houston. Yes. yes. I've heard estimates like 500 precinct chairs that are open. Easily. And when those Republican uh, people come in there and they volunteer to fill these empty seats, a lot of times they can get sworn in almost right away. Mm. Right now, you can fill out the paperwork and actually run for these elections. Well, you hardly ever have an opponent. It's almost a guarantee. If you do have an opponent, they've been there for 30 years, they've never campaigned, a lot of them can't walk, a lot of them can't campaign. Mm-hmm. And... So these elections are easy. Uh, I know one gentleman up in Texarkana, he had a, an opponent, and he won with seven whole votes, <laughs> which means his opponent got less. Yeah. Now, now, just a regular person working a job might not see themselves, because we're an incredibly humble nation, uh, they might not see themselves as a senator or a congressman or a state rep. Precinct chair, all I need is maybe 15 votes. That I can do. Yeah. And that's what forms the basis of these parties in the states. We've gotten so, I keep using the phrase mentally obese, but we are lazy. Mm-hmm. And folks are like, eh, I, don't, I don't have time to do all, you know, I gotta, I'm too busy griping and complaining about everything that's wrong with my country or my state or my county or municipality. Uh, but it, it, you, you're so busy griping about it. In that period of time that it took for you to type that Facebook gripe, right? How much you could have done on behalf of your state. People don't even realize they have the opportunity to do that, but they do. No. I I tell people in my speeches that it's like like they train a baby elephant. They chain it to a post, Mm. and it'll cry, and it'll scream, and it'll bleed, and hold those scars on its leg the rest of its life from straining on that chain because it wants to get back to mama. Right. But when it finally lays down and just gives up, it'll never challenge that chain again, no matter how big and strong it gets. If that trainer takes it back, chains it, forgets about it, it'll die of thirst before it pulls on that chain. Mm. And that's what we are. We've been told we only can show up and vote every couple of years, and that's it. Or we can call or we can write. Nope, we can do stuff every single day to change how things are done in this country. Yeah, just the sheer simple fact that, that I'm continually running into people who don't understand what a primary election is. And let me take this opportunity to say I'm running in a primary election for a statewide office here uh, against against the governor. If you don't show up for the primary election, all of this is for naught. Exactly. Right. It, it, the general election doesn't matter. You've got to show up. And people say and then it gets confusing because when is the primary election? Yes. Well, typically it would be March. But with the redistricting and the lawsuits, who knows, may not be till August. Right. We don't know. Well, the easiest way I explain it is just a playoff. Yeah. There's no way that the American League is going to win your playoff. Right. Because <laughs> you're not, that's, that's for later. Right. So the, for the so primary elections, uh, last time we had a gubernatorial primary election in Texas, 1.5 million people showed up. Out that's of, all. Out of about 30 million voters. Mm-hmm. Well, this time around, one of the goals of that book is to get 5 million people to show up. Mm-hmm. Because 
Abbott put three million people out of work after he told them they were non-essential. Yeah. And those people have spouses. They have kids that can vote. They have parents that can vote, friends, family that love them. And all of those people are going to be showing up in the general election to return the favor. That's right. And you can't poll that. That's right. So when you get to that general election, you've got, let's say, a Greg Abbott versus whoever the Democrat may be. Let's say in this case, for hypothetical reasons, Robert Francis O'Rourke, right? Uh, you're like, well, I don't like either one of those choices. Well, you should have showed up for the primary. Exactly. The primary gives you a choice between really good people like mm -hmm. yourself. Thank and, you. And like Don and like Alan West. Mm -hmm. Never and, heard of those guys. No, no. <laughs> well, they, I think they're chasing you. But um, any of those people, uh, you have that choice. But once you get to the general election, too often you get a choice between cancer and tuberculosis. Who do yeah. I like? There's two junkies negotiating over plastic. Lesser of two evils. Who cares? Yeah. And, and I'm tired of voting for evil. So yeah. I'm not going to vote for the lesser two evils anymore. And the other thing, and this is, uh, I, I'm actually a Republican precinct chair myself, and, and this is sort of uh, sacrilegious to say when you're a Republican, but Greg Abbott has proven that he doesn't care about our Constitution. He'll shred it in a heartbeat. Right. He's proven he'll do it. And our legislators have proven they're spineless cowards and lackeys who won't stand up to him, even though they swore an oath to God to protect our Constitution. Mm -hmm. But if somebody like Beto got in office, maybe they would grow a backbone. So when you say, well, you know, Abbott's better than Beto. Well, I'm not too sure. No, and, because at that point in time, and I agree with that, I was actually having this conversation this, this past week with someone about that. I said, okay, so you've got one constitutional violator versus another guy who's promised Mm -hmm. One guy has a track record of violating yes. your Constitution. Another guy just keeps going out there and promising to do it. Oh, yo, we're coming for your AR-15. That's a constitutional violation. So he's telling you what he's going to do. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to take the guy with the proven track record or the guy that's already guaranteeing that he's going to do it? Either way, you've got constitutional violators. Right. We, you've, got, you've got a situation where I need a babysitter. Mm -hmm. And they are. They're, they, they picked a school based on a poli-sci program. So they've mm -hmm. never grown up. That's when they picked their career was in high school. Nobody's got any deep convictions in high school. So you need a babysitter. That's a governor's job. Do you want a babysitter that's been convicted of molesting children or mm. one that just one time said something about doing it yeah. but hasn't proven it yet? Yeah. And then in your case, you'll go like, look, I'm not interested in either one. I'll watch the kids myself. Yeah. So I'd really like to use that example tonight at the, de the debate in Decatur. <laughs> it's a fantastic illustration. But I, I, I wrote a piece on, and, and I've got a blog on a five-star plan and a lot of articles, probably thicker than that book right now. But one of the things is I talked about abusive spouses. Uh, Abbott is that spouse that abuses us. And we keep coming back for more. Yeah. And he keeps promising he won't do it again. And he keeps doing it again. Yeah. And then he'll give you something. I'll give you the wall. Here's a nice little shiny bracelet because I beat the crap out of you for eight months. Mm -hmm. But now it's almost an election, which means the cops are standing in the room and he's yeah. the nicest guy in the world. And, you know, I, I just alluded to that about the debate that we're having tonight, which, by the way, will be live streamed uh, on YouTube. Uh, check my social media pages out for the links. But the sheer fact that he won't participate in these debates these forums these talks that we've they've all he's been invited to all of them we, mm -hmm. i think we have four or five on the schedule uh shows not only a disdain for the citizens of texas 
but a disdain for the political process. Mm -hmm. You have primary challengers who are out there wanting to discuss these issues with you, and you won't come out there and own up to what you've done and said and what your record is. That's amazing to me. Yeah, he's... Uh I, I do a comparison. I mean, Biden campaign for the basement, Abbott's campaigning from the basement. Mm. Biden, I thought, was going nuts with the whole executive order thing. Abbott went nuts with the executive order thing. And they're both just completely disdainful. Walk yeah. away. Don't yeah. show up. I'm afraid I'll get booed. Well, I know there's people out there who are going, oh, these are just two grumpy old guys that are just <laughs> mad at Greg. You know, no, I mean, we care about the state of Texas we really, and we care about you. And I, and, and I know Robert does because he wrote this great book and he tells you how to get involved. Um, and, and listen, maybe you don't live in the state of Texas. Get this book because the principles are still going to apply. Like you, the, the constitutional violations in the state of Texas, you skip those pages. But get over and talk about this because he's going to lay out for you how to get involved every little step of the way and and stop let's stop let's overwhelm the system with patriots that's what we've got to do and uh the 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 response to the book's been good i know you get a lot of hate from the establishment <laughs> yeah no the response has been overwhelming it's uh when i wrote that i said i just sat down and i said okay if i'm the only person in texas doing anything about this i'm going to do the best job i know how to yeah. do yeah and if I get clobbered, I get clobbered. It wouldn't yeah. be the first time. Yeah. But what has happened is people across Texas have read that, have contacted me and called me out to their group and helped me build it. Some of them have just grabbed the book and got with their friends and said, hey, let's just use this as a plan. We always said we needed a plan. And in Collin County, of all places, they have completely taken over the Collin County GOP now. Collin County GOP, longstanding members that haven't done anything, their establishment, a lot of them have stepped down. Uh, the county chair has stepped down. Yeah. Uh, recently, the not too long ago, the Rockwall County chair stepped down. Yeah. And it's, it, it is taking off uh, 14 Texas counties, uh, GOP groups have censured Greg Abbott, formal censures. Yep. We've got four more counties that are looking at it this month or next month. And I, I think it will spread. I think more people will fill those empty seats. People are signing up right now until the 1st of December to run for those precinct chair positions. And counties are calling us and yeah. asking us how we get involved and how we do it. Let them do it. The five-star plan, it works. Folks, uh, Robert West, get the book. Get it. Fivestarplan.com. Hey, uh, we're living in a shortage economy. You know that. It's here to stay. What can you do to protect yourself and your family? Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You're going to find a wide variety of preparedness products to get you through those difficult times. It's a shortage economy, folks. Everything will be in short supply. That's why MyPatriotSupply.com stocks the essential items you'll need for the times ahead. MyPatriotSupply.com. You're going to find water purifiers, emergency gear, food storage, survival gadgets, medical first aid kits, uh, sprouting seeds for growing your own food. You name it. MyPatriotSupply.com has it. They ship it fast. Unmarked boxes, discreet for your privacy. They even offer financing if you need to get a lot of stuff all at once. Uh, and, and who doesn't? Headlines are getting worse every single day. No solutions in sight. Do the right thing. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Prepare while you can. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. We'll be right back. Woo, get that book. It's a great book. I reference it all the time. Uh... 
five-star plan, it uh, people keep asking me everywhere. They say, what do we do? How do we make a change? How do you know, get that book? I'm telling you, we're not just about selling books. I promise you, that one is going to help you know how to make a difference. Um, I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but not only is coronavirus not going away ever, 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 not especially not that it, now that it's so profitable. Uh, neither are the blah blahs. The blah blahs are going to keep giving you booster blah blahs and how many rounds of blah blahs you need to get uh, on and on and on. You saw what the CDC director, um, Rochelle Walensky, said. We played that for you on uh, earlier in the week already. Let's play that clip again, what she said. Right now, we don't have booster eligibility for all people um, currently. So we are going to, we, we have not yet changed the definition of fully vaccinated. Um, we will continue to look at this. We may need to update our definition of fully vaccinated mm. in the future. But right now, what I would say is if you're eligible for a booster, go ahead and get your booster and we will continue to follow. Oh, Rochelle. Rochelle Walensky. Uh, they're changing it. Uh, you know that feeling <laughs> when you think you're about to cross the line and maybe reach a goal, get somewhere, and you're finally about to accomplish something, you know, get to a resolution like they've been promising us now forever and ever. And uh, listen, folks, that uh, the touchdown is not in sight. Don't wave the foam fingers just yet unless you got one that, with a different finger sticking up because the goalposts, they're being moved yet again. The other day, as you just saw, the director of the CDC, the famed fence jumper and condescending vulture, Rochelle Walensky, indicated that the definition of what it means to be fully blah blah might be changing again soon. You may or may not remember, and most people don't because we've gone down the memory hole, that it wasn't all that long ago that our commander in Depends, Joe Biden, told the American people that not only were you good after one shot of the blah blah, but in fact, you weren't going to get COVID if you got it. Well, 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 one shot turned into two, and now two looks like it's about to turn into two plus a booster. But hey, what's the big deal, right? I mean, it's just another jab. Only takes a couple of seconds. Stick it in there, baby, and it'll it'll keep you from killing. We don't even know exactly who it's going to keep you from killing anymore. I forget who the freak of the week is, but it doesn't matter because, of course, once again, the blah, blah isn't the point. The blah, blah isn't the point, and it never was. If you think that the left gives two craps about whether or not you get COVID or even one single crap, then I've got an excellent bridge for sale. You can email me about it later and I'll get your credit card information. As always, with the left, the whole enterprise is about control. It always has been. It always will be. You see, for the left, control is a drug, something you might, I don't know, maybe like a drug you put into a needle and shoot into your arm and that high that it gives them is powerful. They have mystic visions of utopian cities on wheels driving over the backs of hateful, bigoted, small-minded people, crushing the skulls of critical thought with Terminator-esque machines of woke ideology. That's our skulls, folks, the ones with convictions and ideas and independent thinking and opinions floating around inside there. But the power on high, let me tell you something, that, that power that they have, it wears off. They, they, they need another drug. Because it's never enough just to get you from point A uh, of control to point B of control. Do you ever wonder why uh, when you heard stories about those most awful communist leaders in history, their plans were always in steps of years 
uh, as it, you know, they had a five, they, they had a five step plan or they had a, a five year plan. And once they got to the end of the five year plan, they'd go into the second five year plan and on and on. So it's, it's always about steps, you know, plans and years of the plans and all this kind of stuff. So they need the next shot of the power drug. And next, that's not going to be enough. Then they're going to do the next. That's not going to be enough. The process of gaining control over the people and keeping control of the people are the same thing. It's a never-ending march towards a blood-soaked sunset. Folks, listen, if the CDC reclassifies what it means to be fully blah blah mark my words, it will not be because they care about you. But let's not end on a sour note. There's hope to be found here. Beneath every drug, there lies a secret consequence. In the case of control, it's fear. They wouldn't be rushing to make such idiotic statements if they weren't afraid that their control over you is slipping. They're afraid of you and what you might do if enough of you ever woke up to the sa- at the same moment and decided that you've had enough. That is the moment when we've had enough of them jerking everyone's change from their positions of power. When you see someone like Rochelle Walensky make a statement like this, it's okay to be outraged. This BS has gone on long enough, and that's for sure. But just remember, she's like the spider in the bathtub. She's more afraid of you than you are of her. Their power is slipping, folks, and it shows. So be aware of the blah, blah. Pisses me off, boys and girls. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine boosters could potentially be needed annually. That's what the Moderna chairman says. Uh, Moderna co-founder and chairman Nubar Arayan indicated uh, during an interview with Maria Bartiromo that COVID-19 vaccine boosters could potentially be needed every year. And so we don't know what this virus is going to is going to travel from being a pandemic all the way to potentially an endemic virus. We have to get used to living with. Uh, that's what he said. Uh, If that's where it ends up, it may well need an annual booster, potentially varying on a year-to-year or every few years basis as the virus varies a little similarly to what what we do with the flu vaccine. And so I think if we end up there, there will be a continuous need for boosting. Of course, big money in it, folks. Oh, big money. So there you go. You're never, it's a never, it's going to be a never-ending struggle. So the control thing, you know, they they, want to make sure that they use fear to continue to have power over you and to determine your actions, to determine your decisions, determine your flow of motion, how you, how you shop, how you travel, how you operate. Uh, they don't want you free, folks. Freedom is a dangerous thing. It was fun while it lasted. You know, we made it, you know, we made it over 200 years here in this country, and they, they couldn't handle that. So, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the last century, they decided to really start cracking down on some things, and, and it just kind of progressed over and over again, and they wanted to make sure that they remained in power and that they kept control, and now they found almost the perfect thing to use in this blah, blah, and so that's not going to go away, folks, and uh, what are we going to do? We're just going to, we're going to blame China, right, because China's the one who gave it that, uh, its impetus and launched it on the world. No, no, no. It wasn't just China, folks. It's the globalists. It's all of them because they're all in this thing together. Now, they could use China because China's that communist scapegoat that they can just throw everything on. But at the end of the day, folks, it's the globalists. It's all of them. And we're watching the spiral downward of America and American values and American traditions, the things we hold dear, American institutions. All of these things are involved in a controlled crash They don't want to just nosedive the plane. They want to crash it, but they want to have something of value left over to hand over to the globalists like the good lapdogs that they are 
whether it be the Obamas, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Bidens, you name it, pick one. Suddenly a speed bump like Donald Trump comes in there and it messes up the globalist plan. So they have to oust him at every turn. They have to shut your voice down, too. They have to censor you. You have to make sure that that you're not heard. Your questions aren't answered. They have to make sure that you're not even allowed to ask the questions. You can't formulate a question about a blah, blah, because you can't even use the word vaccine. So we have to use words like blah, blah, because we get censored. I can't put a, uh, a shirt out like I just put a new shirt out. It says uh, with an oil derrick on there, it says frack Joe Biden. Tried to pay Facebook a little money to sponsor that ad just to prove a point. And you know what? They rejected the ad because anything with the name Joe Biden on it can't be sponsored by social media. That's censorship, folks. They're shutting you down. You can't speak freely anymore in America. You can't put your words out there without fear of ramification and consequences. And those consequences are always going to be judgmental. They're always going to cost you. They're going to deplatform you. They're going to demonetize you. And as we're seeing in the case of the blah, blah, they, they're going to make sure that you can't even work anymore. That is the epitome of control. That is globalist tyranny, folks. And they're going to make sure that it never goes away until you and I stand up and make them realize that, yeah, their fear is founded on something. There are thousands of us for every one of them. And so those who are corrupt and sick and drunk on power, have got to be stopped, folks. The only way that's ever going to happen is you and I stand up to them. You and I stand up to them. And uh, I, for one, am pure-blooded. <laughs> so stick that somewhere, Director Walensky. I'm not going to be sitting there getting jabbed every year. I'm not. I'd rather die. We'll be right back. Man, every time I wake up, you just start thinking, boy, the world is going to hell. It really is in a handbasket. Um, we're all in this thing together, folks. Um, Colorado's UC Health Hospital system made headlines this month when it declared that it would use COVID-19 vaccination status to determine who gets to receive life-saving organ transplant surgeries. Fallout over the announcement got nationwide attention and garnered negative press for UC Health. Of course it did. Uh, then what's going to be done about it? So Texas is using these hospitals' vaccine pri uh, primacy to woo victims of hospital vax policies to head south and get their care at the Lone Star State. Uh, in early October, reports circulated that UC Health had denied a kidney transplant to a woman because she'd not received the vaccine. Um, the, um, so now Texas Republican uh, Governor Greg Abbott and other Texas officials are imploring patients to make the trek to Texas and get their life-saving care. Again, sounds great. Sounds great. And I hope they do get the care. I really do. I don't want to politicize that. Uh, here in Texas, vaccines remain voluntary and never forced. Um, uh, that was according to the governor here in Texas. Anyone being denied critical life-saving organ transplants is welcome here in Texas, uh, where one's right and freedoms are always protected, unless you are a medical uh, care professional who is required to get the blah, blah, in order to keep your job to do the operation or the surgery. Um, so sounds good. Come down here, but you'll have to, you'll have to get your, uh, organ transplant from a medical professional who was forced to, um, to, um, get it. And, uh, yeah, 
so on and so forth it goes, man. It really is that like that's like the double speak, I think, guys, is what is what frustrates me with all of this stuff, right? We say that, oh, come down here and get it or get it all taken care of. You know, I mean it's it's the same rhetoric as when they say, Oh, we're gonna bring all of these big tech companies here to Texas and they're gonna create jobs for Texans until Texans don't wanna get, you know, vaccinated and then they're gonna call Silicon Valley to get again their indoctrinated and inoculated buddies to come over and fill those jobs. So sounds good on the surface, but at the end of the day, uh, not so good. Because let's say she got her kidney transplant and then she wanted to live in Texas because Texas was so damn good to her for getting that surgery taken care of. And she says, you know what I think I'll do? I think I'll go get a job here in the state of Texas. But guess what? Uh, You can't have that job in the state of Texas unless you get the vaccination. So there you go. That's what pisses me off. Um, calm me down, Chris, with a ever so soothing TikTok, please. If you're black and you join the police and military, you're a first class sellout, period. Y'all signed up for slavery by the people that make it a goal to enslave you. You're halfway right. I did join the U.S. military. I did become <laughs> a greenside Navy corpsman. I was a devil doc. I joined the Marines without becoming a Marine. I had the most badass job you could ever get besides being a Navy SEAL in the United States Navy. Then afterwards, I worked for several government entities, and I'm not going to say exactly what I did on TikTok. Then yes, I became a law enforcement officer. I became a cop. And now I work for the government again. Again, not going to say who. Then I made a TikTok page with over 140k followers. And then there's you. A troll that came to my page and thought he could make comments like these under my video. His comments are giving me content. which puts money in my creator fund. So you're actually working for me and I'm not paying you. So you're actually my slave. Have a good day. I have never been so confused in my life with that. So he was saying, if you're in the military and you're black or you're a cop and you're black, you're a slave to the system. A troll was trying to tell him that he's a slave because he was a cop. Well, he turned it around and said, well, you're a slave to me because now I got content. I gotcha. Well, I, that, and I could go with that. I couldn't read the little comment that was up there. I kind of wondered if that's where he was going with that deal. Somebody was trolling him. But you know, the funny thing about it is trolls don't understand. Like, I've got people who will come at me. And, like, people, they'll come to my live events or whatever, these campaign events. And every now and then they'll say, well, you're hard to get in touch with. And I'm like, well, how'd you try to get in touch with me? Well, we sent an email to a, a, a store address or a campaign address or pick any one of those emails. Or I always love it when they say, well, we sent you a message on Facebook. <laughs> well, we all know that Facebook and social media censors things, right? So then they get mad, right? Like, I don't always see the messages, and I certainly don't see the thousands of comments that are on there. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll run past one, but it's just sheerly luck. But people don't understand that the, the emails that come in, like I have people with entertainment inquiries that will send stuff to the campaign emails. So we get in, inundated with thousands of emails that don't have anything to do with campaign stuff. So it, my point is it gets a little bit confusing. But what I love is the people who come online and they really start trolling you like you're not answering our questions. We, we've sent you emails. We want you to you know, do all this stuff. And um, the, uh, it's funny to me that uh, – I'm like, you don't understand that you're a troll account. Like, there's a picture of a, a motorcycle for your profile page. So Facebook doesn't take you seriously. Therefore, your comments are going to be relegated to the bottom and even harder to see because Facebook did not deem you worthy to show your comment to a verified account like mine. 
Now, it's not my rules. It's their rules. It's just the way it goes. So I don't see the comments. They're hidden from me. But what it does and what you don't realize is when you come at me and you want to start blasting me over this stuff and trolling me and then you become butthurt over it, then you, uh, you're actually helping me. Like, like you're, you're blowing up the algorithm and your traffic is helping me. So the accusations and the negativity and all the stuff that wants to come your way. And it is interesting that, that more and more of that started happening when I announced that I was going to run for governor. The more and more of that stuff happens, uh, it actually helps me. So um, I, I, I actually encourage it. <laughs> the troll behavior is nonsensical. It's stupid. And I don't understand why someone is so let down by life that they feel the need to go on another person's page and just blast them, like in this case of this TikTok of this guy's career choices or whatever, and say he's a slave to the government. Um, The logic that's out there is reasonably insane. That's why I wrote this incredible book called Am I Crazy? Uh, an unapologetic patriot takes on the insanity of today's woke world. This wokeism is killing us, and not the least of which uh, a a symptom of wokeism is troll behavior. Uh, you you just have that need to make everybody have that sense of social justice to the degree that you have it. And how dare they say anything funny, have any fun, do anything that, that doesn't agree completely with you, have an opinion of their own. You know what you are. You're just like the CDC that's ready to crush skulls and just roll over. I, I just go back to that scene in The Terminator where the skulls are just being crushed by the machines. And the machines are alive and well, folks. Somehow they've managed to take over and uh, you're part of the system unplug unplug from the matrix my dear friend and get back to free thought and opinions and stop worrying about how other people live their lives and uh, if that man if that man wants to be a slave to the government and that's what you believe about him that ain't your damn problem is it so there you go uh come at me baby i love the trolls i love them all and uh, hang tight we'll be right back with a review and lots of fun stuff don't go anywhere to go where podcasts are offered leave us a rating of five stars that's what we deserve and it's all we'll accept absolutely and then uh, give us a good review on there i think we were ranked at like what 80 something yesterday in the politics ranking uh-uh, i don't know a little bit higher on the news rankings categories i don't know drive it up higher i know that they're just kind of vanity rankings but i like them i like them you know it looks good when that number's by your name it does. And uh, I don't know if it helps us negotiate any better around here or not. What's going to be will be. Hey, from Kenna, uh, love this show. Chad is amazing, hilarious, smart, and nice to look at. Thanks. I won't lie. I was a little skeptical when, when Chris took over for Candace. But now his laughter in the background is a piece of the show that I couldn't live without. I love the comedy Chad brings to make the political topics a little easier to digest. Love, love, love. And can't wait to see him live someday. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm still skeptical of Chris. And by uh, the way, Chad, we are number 40 in America under politics. All right. So let's like keep it up. It. Yeah. So keep on pushing, folks. Keep on pushing. Contract negotiations are coming up. <laughs> We'll see. I don't think I have a lot of negotiating power. I was like, do you want to eat or not? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I will. Hey, you're going to be in Lubbock next week. Going to be there on the 4th. We're going to be at Lone Star Shooting Sports. Going to be there uh, for a campaign event. Hanging out. And then on the 5th, we're going to be at the Buddy Holly. So check it out. Go to watchchad.com. is where all the fun stuff is. Get your tickets for Arlington Music Hall on the 17th of December, as well as the 19th in Houston. We're going to be there. I've got a few different things that are going on, not least of which are the campaign events. Prather2022.com has that information. But tomorrow night, we're getting off the rails. Love you. God bless. Bye. Thank you.